We're going to talk tonight because it's called God Has a Plan for You, but that's really not a very good title. I need, um, Justin, come up here a minute. Go in my office and get my glasses. Um, I didn't bring them out. Um, I, I don't want, I don't, I don't want to, I can actually see all my notes. I just want you all to know I'm not as blind as I'm pretending. Really, I mean, I can sit and read my Bible. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. I can actually read it. It's easier with the glasses. It's just easier. It's just, you know, I'll sit at home and, and, and I'll sit there and I'll read and my eyes will start hurting because I'm reading it. Put the glasses on, it just, it just, it almost like it pulls light in and it makes it brighter. So I'm like, well, let's do it. So I don't, I don't like my eyes to be strained. So go to Acts chapter 9. They're only like 100s or something like that. They're not all that strong. Acts chapter 9, verse 1. Didn't know what to call it. You'll get it. You'll get the gist of it in just a minute. But what I'm doing is because I spent time talking to you about works, and then I talked to you about rewards. The Lord, you and I, all of us in this room, and let me... We need to really start being, pay attention to something. We're going to stand before God and give an account of our life. I don't want y'all to die and go, nobody ever told us that. I'm not saying that your salvation is based on it. It's not. But you do not want to step into eternity and find out that just, you know, going to church was all that was required out of you as a Christian. It's not. God has a very specific plan for your life. You were born on purpose. You have a reason you're here. And, and, um, and, and uh, let me tell you something. Sometimes the trouble you're having is intended to stop your destiny. You're, you're just thinking that there's just trouble. It's not. You, you've got to get smarter than that. When I was in Tulsa, my marriage went upside down. I, um, I, I almost got arrested in Tulsa. A girl got raped in the apartment complex, and the police came out and set me down, and I looked at them and I said, you're joking, aren't you? She said, you did it. I said, excuse me. I didn't have, you know, and it, I'd been going off every day and praying alone in an apartment during that time, and I went, oh, this is not good. But you remember there was one day my boss invited me to lunch with a group of people to, to celebrate. I'm leaving and they wanted to have me a go away party. And she, her husband was the head of the, um, uh, what's the Biz, Better Business Bureau in, in Tulsa. So she was a well-known woman. And her name was Rita McKim. And her husband well-known in the city of Tulsa, Big Dog. Well, they, they really messed up my day because I got to the uh, apartment complex at like 11 o'clock and she wasn't ready. So I was with Kathy, the maid, sitting there until Rita got and then they took me out to a big lunch. They didn't get me back till 3.30 or 4 o'clock in the afternoon. I'm going five hours to lunch and I was miffed. My God, what? I, I, don't, I can't afford this. Well, the, there's a girl being raped. Satan's planning my downfall. And all of a sudden, the, the, the detective looked at me and said, can you prove your whereabouts? And I'm like, all of a sudden, yeah. 
I was at lunch with Rita McKim, and, and he, met, he got on the phone and said, have a good day, Mr. Morgan, walked out. I'm thinking, God, there's a God. Thank you, Jesus. You know, and I realized right then, Satan does not want me here. He don't, he don't like me. And I'm telling you what, I'm, you know, people come to me all the time and go, eh, if you just knew what we were going through. Are you serious? You have no idea. So a lot of times people have a, have a destiny on their life and all hell breaks loose. And you're sitting around going, what's wrong? What's wrong? What's wrong? Well, don't feel bad. I've done it too. But a lot of times he's out to, he's out to stop you. But, 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 you know, we all have something God wants you to do. Have you ever noticed that every time you're going to read your Bible, go to church, do something, something pops up? Phone rings. You know, just, you, you think those things just happen by accident? No, they don't. There's a devil and he don't want you doing nothing. He don't want you stepping into it. He don't want you obeying God. He don't want you to pray. So we're going to talk about finding God's plan for your life. And so having said that, Acts chapter 9, verse 1. It says, Saul was still breathing threats and murder against the disciples of the Lord. And he went to the high priest and he asked letters from him to the synagogues of Damascus. So if he found any who were in the way, whether men or women, he might bring them bound to Jerusalem. And as he journeyed, he came near Damascus and suddenly a light shone around from heaven. And he fell to the ground and heard a voice and said, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And he said, who are you, Lord? And the Lord said, I'm Jesus, whom you're persecuting. It's hard for you to kick against the goads. So he trembling and astonished said, Lord, what do you want me? to do. Underline that in your Bible. What do you want me to do? He had, he thought that he was doing God's will. He's killing Christians and he's doing it for God. You know, there's a lot of people doing a lot of stupid things for God. You know, there's people attacking the faith movement for the Lord. And there's, it's just crazy. There's craziness going on. People, some people are just crazy. And so he's doing this. He's attacking the church, dragging Christians off, and he thinks he's serving God. Till he meets Jesus and he goes, oops. And it, it kind of hit him like he'd been hearing about Jesus. Or Jesus wouldn't have said, why are you kicking against the goats? That means that God was dealing with him. He'd already been dealing with his conscience. And then he says to him, what do you want me to do? That's a powerful prayer. What do you want me to do? You need to know what he wants you to do. It's not a matter of you doing what I'm doing or what you hear someone prophesying over you, you should or shouldn't do. What does almighty God want you doing? And he's got a plan. You get in the middle of it. It's awesome. Now, I'm going to read something to you, and I want you to pay close attention to what I'm fixing to show you. Now, now listen to what he says. And he said, arise, go to the city, and it'll be told you what you must do. Now, if you think that he's sending Ananias to talk to him about the call of God on his life, you're wrong. He's not sending Ananias to talk to him about being, a, being an apostle. So let, I want to read it to you. I want you to get this. The men, okay. 
You're gonna, the men journeyed with him, stood speechless, hearing a voice. They saw no one. Saul rose from the ground. His eyes were open, but he saw no one. And they led him by hand, brought him into Damascus. He was three days without. He didn't eat, neither eat nor drink. And there was a certain disciple in Damascus named Ananias. And he said, Lord, in a vision, Ananias, he said, here I am, Lord. And the Lord said, arise, go to the street called Straight and inquire the house of Judas, one called Tarsus. For behold, he's praying. And in a vision, he seen a man named Ananias coming in, putting his hand on him so he might receive his sight. And Ananias said, Lord, I heard a lot about this guy, and he's not very friendly to people, especially Christians. And he said, he, in verse 14, he has authority from the chief priest to bind all who call on your name. And the Lord said, go, he's a chosen vessel of mine to bear my name before Gentiles, kings, and children of Israel. I'm going to show him how many things he's going to suffer for my namesake. Ananias went his way, entered the house, laid hands on him, and said, Brother Saul. Now, this is before he gets born. This is before he gets filled with the Holy Ghost, so he's already born again, right? So getting filled with the Holy Ghost is not the new birth, is it? All right, good. Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus appeared to you on the road, came and sent that you may receive your sight and be filled with what? Why did Ananias go to get him filled with the Holy Ghost? Because it's the Holy Ghost that's going to show him what he's going to do with his life. Now, you're going to ask this question. If you're not, you should. Why didn't Jesus tell him? Can I tell you something to blow your mind? That's not his job. The Godhead Godhead has job descriptions. The Holy Ghost is the one in the earth to lead the church. Not Jesus. So many people are going, well, I'm just Jesus this and Jesus that and Jesus that. Well, I want to show you something about what Jesus said. Are you all okay with this? So you see, if you don't, let me make a statement to you. Without the Holy Ghost, you may never know your destiny. Now, that's a powerful statement. Because, and I'm not here to pick on Christians at all. Not even pick on anybody. But there's a lot of Christians I know that are born again. And they just get up, go to work, go home, go to bed, get up, go to work, go home, go to bed. And they don't do anything. And you're thinking, well, they're, they're saved. They met Jesus. But, but until they meet the Holy Ghost, till you meet him and you're filled with the Holy Ghost, all of these other things don't line up. That's a powerful statement. This, this, now, I say this all the time, and it sounds like, it sounds like I'm a one-up them. Like, we are it. And I don't believe that at all. I don't believe we're any more the church, any more righteous than anybody else. I just think that we are a group of people that have obeyed the head of the church and been filled with the Holy Ghost, and there's a hunger in us to do something for God, and that's why we see a lot more of God moving. It's not a denominational thing. It's a heart issue. Holy Ghost is a heart issue. It's not a denominational issue. When you get heart hungry, God will lead you to be filled with the Spirit. So you're looking at your friends and going, you know, you ought to come to my church. And they're going, we don't want to. Because they like waking up, going to bed, going to work, and doing nothing. They like it. Don't shout me down. I'm not, and we'll just leave them to look to Jesus. I'm not saying they're not saved. There's a day they're going to come stand before God and he's going to ask them some questions like, well, what'd you do with the Holy Ghost? 
Oh, no, I never had none of that guy. Yeah, I noticed that. I told you. Yeah, we didn't. Yeah, we, yeah that's that church down the street. He goes, no, that's my church. We're going we're gonna to hit your, you know, the, the, the millennial reign is going to be a lot, a lot more stuff going on than you think it is. Oh, boy. Hallelujah. Okay. He says, I sent that you might be filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, go to Romans. No, 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 no. Go to John 16. Sixteen five. Jesus is talking to his disciples. Now I'm going to go away to him who sent me, and none of you ask me where you're going. But because I said these things, sorrows filled your heart. I'm leaving. They're like, oh, don't leave us. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth, it's to your advantage. One translation said it's expedient that I go away, for if I don't go away, the helper will not come. But if I depart, I'm sending him. Say him. Yeah. Say he's a person. I'm sending him to you, and when he's come, he's going to convict the world of sin, righteousness, and judgment. Of sin, because they don't believe in me. Righteousness, because I'm going to the Father. And judgment, because the ruler of this world is judged. I have many things to say to you, but you can't handle it. Look at that statement. Now, he said this to his disciples when they were walking the earth. Let me make a statement to you all. There are things that he wants to share with you right now, and he can't. What he's doing with you is he's building line upon line. He'll teach you something, and later he'll come back and go, now I want to teach you something else. And then he'll call you back in and go, you got that down, now I want to teach you something else. You don't know everything because you got born again. You don't know everything because you've been in a church for five years or ten years. There's, there, he's constantly teaching you more. Every time you learn something, act on the word, grow in that area, he takes you on. Now, unlike Jethro Bodine, you can outgrow the desk and he'll leave you in it. You know, the, the angels will bring you a bigger desk. But if you're first grade, you stay in the first grade till you learn to finger paint, baby. You ain't coming out. And so that's why, that's why there's so many different groups of Christians on the earth. Because let me tell you something. There are people out there, they can't handle me. Now, you know, there's something about y'all. You guys, you guys are like the cream of the crop. You're like the green beret of Christianity. I'm telling you all the truth. They ain't, there's not many people that can handle this, what I'm talking about. They, they're just like... Oh, George of the jungle, baby. I can't. I mean, they're finding a door. But I can't, but I cannot uh, 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 water it down because then what about the people that are hungry for God? Somebody's got to do some things for Jesus before he comes back. Amen. Do y'all see that? So see, he gives me stuff to preach and, 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 and people are like, And I don't back up even a tiny bit. With I just look at people and go, well, that's not what the Bible says. You know, there's a guy coming next week. He's um, next Sunday morning. Uh, Mark, running for uh, Bird. He's running for county commissioner. Wonderful 
Baptist. He loves Jesus with all of his heart. He went to a church about two months ago, a Holy Roman church. And he looked at me and he said, you know, the piano player fell out. It was so funny. And so the pastor knew that I can play the keyboard. He, he's a professional key, uh, no, musician. And so he looked at Mark and said, get on keyboard. He said, I never played in a holy rolling church. He said, they were running around and falling out. And, and I'm sitting there going, yeah, I know. Know about it. I said, when you come to my church, if you run, run one direction. We do things decently in order in our church too, buddy. You gotta, you know, and so when you see him, but he he's a great guy. Now y'all don't tell him, but I'm gonna get him filled with the Holy Ghost. Amen. A little Baptocostal out of this boy. You don't you don't realize all these politicians I sit with, I'm pastoring them. Now I'm saying that to y'all. Because, you know, I'm not just making, God's not got me in there just to help them get in office. He's got me in there to get them full of God. Yes. And so when we're having little talks, it ain't political. I asked the Lord one day, I said, you, you want me to learn politics? He said, absolutely not. I want you to pastor these guys. And so that's, so, you know, someone, next time someone says, how big is your church? It's about 50,000 people. I mean, I, you guys don't understand how many people in this city I'm talking to out, that don't even come to this church. Whoa. All right, we'll talk a little bit more about that later. I have many things to say to you, but you can't bear them now. However, when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he's going to guide you into all truth, not Jesus. Well, that's a powerful thing to hear. Now, it is, your, it is your fellowshipping with the Holy Ghost that takes you from glory to glory. He is the guy that's going to take you. So what did Jesus say to Saul? I have a lot I want to say to you. He didn't send Ananias to talk to him about being an apostle. He sent him to get him filled with the Holy Ghost so the Holy Ghost would train him to be an apostle. Jesus didn't train Paul. The Holy Ghost trained him. Holy Ghost is going to train you. The world needs Jesus. The church needs the Holy Ghost. You know, there's going to come a day when, 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 this, when people are going to realize that the Holy Ghost is not a denomination. He is, he's God. And he did not give you and I, no matter who you are, the option of not having him. That's not optional. Nothing in the Bible says, there's some of y'all that'll get it and some of you want, just, just go to different buildings. That's, come on, folks, don't shout me down because I'm preaching real good. But he, the Holy Ghost, is going to guide you. However, when he, the Spirit, has come, he'll guide you in all truth. He's not going to speak of his own authority. Whatever he hears from me, he will tell you things to come. He'll glorify me. He'll take whatever is mine and he'll declare it to you. So he's taking everything that Jesus did for you and showing it to you and leading you into the truth. So you have no destiny without him. You'll never step into it. Wow. All right. Romans 8, 26. Pop over there. 
And then we'll look at 814. Y'all okay? Breathe. Woo! Now, the lot, there's a lot of good Christian people in the planet. Not do anything. Good. You can't do what he asks you to do without him. Because it's impossible. The Holy Ghost will give you a grace. If you try to do in the natural what he told you to do, you'll come back and say, I, I tell you, I'm, I'm just wore out. Well, you're not walking with the Holy Ghost. Because he's, you're not going to get wore out with him. You get wore out trying to do the things of God in the flesh. You hear about fasting, so you decide to try it, and you hear about praying all night. And how many? All right, let's, let's just. How many of y'all have ever been to a seminar where talking about praying all night long, and you lasted about ten, fifteen minutes, and you went to sleep? Let's just get honest. God wasn't in it. You're just going to try to be spiritual in their flesh, but I'm going to tell y'all something. I've had times when He woke me up. And I walked in the living room and prayed till the sun came up. But do I get up and do it every night? You, no. If he ain't in it, I ain't staying up all night and praying. Y'all got that? Because he graces you to do things. You know, you think about people like Mark Hankins. He's 65. He's, he's in like 12 nations last year. Listen, if God is not on you, your body can't do the 12 nations. It's a grace. I'm looking at him going, I'm glad he didn't ask me to do that. My God, I like my bed at night, man. I mean, I have it made in the shade compared to some of y'all. But, when he, but listen, when he graces you, you can do it. But if he doesn't grace you, you're just going to wear yourself out. And that's one of the keys you need to find out whether what you're doing is God or not. If you hate it, you're going, oh, it's just killing me. Well, stop. Ain't God. We'll get into that a little bit more. Romans 8, what did I think? 826. Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weaknesses. No, I don't want to read that. Never mind. Skip that one. 814. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, I, I was going to read about him helping again. It says called alongside to help. Okay. As many as are led by the Spirit of God, they're the sons of God. If you're going to do what Jesus said, you're going to be led by the Holy Ghost. Now, go to Proverbs 20, 27. Just pop it on the screen, and then we'll go to Mark 16. Pop it on the screen. The Spirit of man is the lamp of the Lord searching all the inward parts of the heart. Your spirit, man, the Holy Ghost lives inside of your spirit, inside you to guide you. So that means that we're going to, now we're going to get into something now about the fact that a, what he's asked you to do is not necessarily written in the Bible. How do you handle that? How do you, how do, what do you do? There is nothing written, although there are things written. Uh, we'll go to Mark 16, pop it on the screen, we'll just read it. Later appeared at 11, table, rebuked him, the hardened belief. Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Who's he talking to? He's talking to the church. He's not talking to you. But you say, but we are the church. Well, okay, what he's saying is this. Listen to me. How are you 
going to go to all the world. Melanie, how many nations have you been to? Three? You definitely hadn't been to all the world. So we have one very, very rebellious woman back there. But that's not true. That's not true. He's not talking to Melanie. He's not talking to Cody. He's not, he's not talking to Art. He's talking to the church. Well, you got to get this. This is a logos. This is a word for the whole church. Now. Go to Luke 16. No. Go to 1 Kings 17. 1 Kings 17. We'll go to Luke in a minute. I got my scriptures upside down. No, don't look at me in that tone of voice. I've never made a mistake. Yeah, I did once. I thought I made a mistake and I didn't. First Kings 17. I want to show you something. Are you ready for this? This is wild. Elijah the Tishbite, the inhabitants of Gilead, said to Ahab, As the Lord God of Israel lives, by whom I stand, there shall not be dew or rain these years, except at my word. And the word of the Lord came and says, Get away from here and turn eastward and hide by the brook Cherith. Where? Brook Cherith. Did he say Wakaiba? Did he say St. John's? Brook Cherith. Very important that he goes to the brook Cherith. Why? Because that's where the provision will be. Now listen to me very carefully. Even though he says go into all the world. Oh, I want to see an axe. We'll go this one and we'll do the one in Acts in a minute. Even though there's a lot of brooks. You got to hear from God what brook. I'm going to provide for you there. I'm going to read that to you. I want you to see this. Let me, let me just read it to you. Verse 3. Get away from here and turn eastward and hide by the brook Cherith, which flows from the Jordan. And it will be that you will drink from that brook. I have commanded the ravens to feed you there. There. You have a church. And you only have one. You don't have three. Eh, I like this one. I don't like that one. No, he'll feed you there. There's a place you're supposed to be. There's a job you're supposed to be at. There's a town you're supposed to live in. I know, I know that. Now, that a lot of people go, well, you know, you watch on TV. Go to the church of your choice. Don't you dare go to the church of your choice. You'll die there. You pray until you hear from God and you go there. And I want to tell you something. When you go there, it'll be tough. It won't be easy. There ain't no easy churches. You know why God wants you to have a covenant when you get married? Because it's going to get tough. And if you don't know that, if you're young and you don't know it, let's have, we'll have marriage counseling 
after you're married because you're going to need way more of it after than you are before because you come to my office and go, we in love, we in love, we in love. And I'm trying to talk to you and you're going, we in love, we in love, we in love. And I'm going, okay, I'm going to see you next week. When you get home from the honeymoon, I want to see you in my office. Baby, you're going to come in there and go, I miss God. Can we annul it? No. 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 You know, yeah, I know it's God, but what did he do this to me for? Yeah. Same thing with church. Same thing with the job you have. Oh, I just need, listen, I'm going to tell you all some stories. When I came here, well, let me, let me go fast. When I got born again, the Lord said there was a place in town called Certainteed, fiberglass plant. That's where you're going to work. I walked in there and I went, I'm, I, I, I ain't working here. <laughs> Y'all think, you think putting it under your house is rough? Work in it. No AC, no heat, nothing in that building. Hot, good Lord. I itched all the time. That stuff got in my clothes. It got in the washer and dryer. Che itched. Ashley itched. Everybody itched. And I'm thinking, I thought Jesus died for my sins. Why are you punishing me? I worked in that place for three years. I got raises, everything. They were grooming me for management. God blessed me. I don't have time to get in. And one day the Lord says, go to Tulsa. I got a, listen, a brand new house then cost $30,000. A brand new Camaro cost $3,000. I was making money. First time in my life I ever made money. Pack it up, go to Tulsa. I'll provide for you there. He provided the money. I got a U-Haul truck, drove Tulsa. Lived there for three years. He said, go to Orlando. I'll provide for you there. Are y'all listening or y'all go home? And there's nothing, there's nothing in the Bible that says uh, certainty and Tulsa. And there's Ramah's in there. Ramah's in there. Yeah. It says go to Ramah, and I found that in there. <laughs> Are you all out there? Did you go home? All right. When I was in Haiti, and this is the Melanie Hayward remembers this. She was down on that trip, and we were on an island called Laganov, and the Lord spoke to me almost audibly, when you get home. They're going to ask you to pastor that church. You are the next pastor of Word of Life Church. I went, I don't want to do that. Oh, it was tough. Like getting married. Whoa. Now, you want to know why I stayed? Because the money for Everything else dried up. There was no provision for Lisa and I anywhere but here. I tried everything to travel, even when I was pastoring. I couldn't buy a place to preach. God shut all the doors. I no, the only money, the ravens were landing in this church. That was only, it, this was my cherith. And it wasn't a lot of food, but it was, it was food. Yeah, and sometimes, you know, you need to understand that you need to get under the spout where the blessings are falling out. If you can't figure out where God is, find the money. Yes. 
If he's not providing any other way, just stay right where you are. So when I came, before I started pastoring this church, I went to work at, at Weber and Tucker. And uh, I, I really, I, I didn't like that job. I went looking every weekend for another job. Nothing. I used Mark 11, 23 and 24. I prayed in the Holy Ghost over every place I went and nothing but Weber and Tucker until the day the Lord said, take this church and Weber and Tucker dried up like a brook. Next thing you know, I'm pastoring. Folks, they started me at 400 a week. I thought, y'all trying to, y'all want me on a diet? (laughs) Even construction, I was making six, but that was the only money. That was all there was. And so, you know, you, you got to learn the way God works. He said, I want you to go to the Brook Cherith. Well, I don't have time to get into this, but, but we'll look at the next one. Um, verse, it says, verse 7, after a while, that brook dried up because there was no rain. He didn't say take authority over it. He didn't say pray the ravens back down. Are y'all out there? Are y'all listen to me? You know, sometimes whenever God dries it up, move. Now, there may be some of y'all that God calls you to another church. If he dries this one up, if he dries your job up, pack it up and get out of here. Because I don't want you around here grumpy. Are y'all listening? You, you just need to know when it's God. When it's God, you go, this, this is God. We had a little couple came in this church and got married. And they took off to um, Andrew's school. They asked me, and I said, yeah, go, get out of here. That's what, and God's blessing them out there. Well, they weren't supposed to stay here. So, you, you know, when you stop and think about it, there's people come and go. Sometimes they leave rebellious. Sometimes God sends them out. You understand? It's, not, it's none of our business. You just need to take care of you, and that's all you need to worry about. All right. Okay. And I didn't write this one down, but I got to find it. Man, I don't believe I didn't write that down. I got a scripture I got to find for y'all. So hold on. Hold on to your hats. I think it's 16, 18, 20, 23, 29. Nope. Acts 16, verse 6. I don't see where I wrote that down anywhere. I got Luke 16. That's wrong. That's what's wrong. That's supposed to be Acts. Blah. That's what I did wrong. Acts 16, 6. Now, I want you to look at this. God, Jesus said, go into all the world, right? Thank you for two people. Anybody else? He said, go into all the world. Verse 6. And when they had gone through Phygia in the region of Galatia, they were forbidden... By the Holy Ghost to preach the word in Asia. I thought he said going to all the world. What are you going to do with that? Jesus said going to all the world. Holy Ghost said not there. Holy Ghost is talking to Paul. Not you. So look at the rest of this. They were forbidden by the Holy Ghost to preach in Asia. Go to seven. So they came to Mysia and they tried to go to Bethania. And the Spirit wouldn't let them do that either. So passing by Mysia, they came down to Troas. Now, they're not sitting at home on their blessed assurance either. In a vision, they appeared to Paul in the night, and a man of Macedonia stood and pled and said, come on over to Macedonia and help us. And they took off and went there. 
You know, you, you, you got to understand something. You've got to be able to be led by the Spirit of God. They that are led by the Spirit of God, the Son's God. You can't just pick a spot and go, I think I like that. Now, I'm going to tell you a story of me, my rebellion. Remember I told you I always wanted to go preach someplace else? So a lady came in one day, a missionary, and says, Pastor, i got an open door for Cuba for you. Why don't you pray about it? And I went, okay, I'll go. <laughs> I got on a, I went down to Quesaltenango, Guatemala. I got a C-130, flew over to Cuba, preached the gospel, came back to Quesaltenango, Guatemala, walked into the room, and the Lord said, what are you doing here? And you know, I thought, that's a dumb question. <laughs> and so I, I didn't say that. But since he already knows what you're thinking, you might as well go ahead and say it. I said, well, you said, go into all the world and preach the gospel. And he said, I didn't tell you to come here. I went, oh. And then he said, go home. I felt like he took his fist and hit me in the gut. You know, if, if, if he's never chewed you out, you don't know God. You know, if you don't like being corrected, you don't want to walk, you don't want to be a Christian. He's going to say some stuff to you. As a matter of fact, if you don't like being a Christian, you don't want to go to a good church. If you don't like being corrected, because you go to a good church, you're going to get corrected. If you're a baby, listen, you know what's wrong with America today? Everybody runs on emotion. You know what's going on in the news right now? Emotions. Listen, your emotions will kill you. You don't go about, no, there's no description in the Bible be led by your emotions. Don't you be a big whiny baby. You know why the children are messed up? Mom and dad had never spanked them and they're all running on emotion. Ooh, you'd like to send your kids to me. I'll teach them words like yes, sir, no, sir, yes, ma'am, no, ma'am. They'll be, they'll think they're in the military when I get finished with them. But I want you to look at this scripture. The Holy Ghost sent him to Macedonia. Holy Ghost sent me to Apopka. Where's he sending you? What's he got for you? You're not going to get it out of your Bible. You're going to get it walking with him. You're going to walk with him or you're not going to know. You're going to pray it out or you're not going to know. Now, as much as you want Mary Friend to give you a word, I got news for you. You are going to get it from God the Holy Ghost yourself. God didn't say you're led by prophets. As a matter of fact, if you're led by prophecies, you're going to get screwed up. Because, listen to me, I was prophesied over that I am an apostle. I was prophesied over that I'm a prophet. I was prophesied over that I'm a pastor. I was prophesied over that I'm a teacher. And I've been prophesied over that I wasn't called and get out of the ministry. <laughs> now, if I'm listening to people, I'm really confused. What are you going to do with all of those prophecies? So here's what I want to do one day, just for fun. I'm going to get a card. Daryl Morgan, apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, and teacher. Just hand it to somebody and watch your face. And then I'm going to put on the bottom, I've been called by all men to do all things because I don't know what I'm called to do. Just do whatever God calls me to do. Just do it. <laughs> Let's see, y'all, are y'all seeing this? Are y'all understanding this? Your destiny, the Holy Spirit will lead you 
into your destiny. Now, you say, well, I don't know what it is. Well, put your hand to something because he's not going to guide a bicycle ain't moving. He ain't guiding you till you start moving. If you don't know what to do, ask me. And don't look at me and say, am I supposed to work in the nursery? The Lord didn't say so. I said so. Go to work in the nursery. All right. Now, <laughs> pop Philippians um, 419 up on the screen. And I think it's Luke. I, I, if I mess that up again, I'm going to be mad. Oh, I guess I can live through it. My God will supply all of my needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Now, he's not, that's a general statement to everybody in the body. There's nothing in there about where you work. Is there? No, there ain't nothing in there about working at Home Depot. But you might need to be working at Home Depot. You know, um, so a lot of people are running around quoting scriptures, but you need to get a hold of God, the Holy Ghost, and find out what exactly are you wanting me to do? Amen. What do you want me to do? And, and don't think that you're going to like every job. I didn't like certainty, but I grew up there. God taught me for, for three years. God taught me personal responsibility. Get to work on time, shut your mouth. Don't sass your boss. Work hard. Quit eating donuts. Every day I got a zinger and a chocolate milk. I was fat as a pig. I mean, God, God used three years of certainty not to prepare me for ministry, but just to make a Christian out of me. Then he sent me to Ramah. You understand? There's, there's steps. You can't jump to third grade. You need, people come back from Bible school and they go, I got to call God on my life. And they, and they get mad at me because I go, well, so what? That don't mean a thing to me. Go to, get up in the sound booth and go to work. Oh, no. Listen, if you're not faithful and least, I don't want you. No, I don't, I don't give a royal flying rip about the call on your life. If you, can't, if you can't go work in the nursery and clean a baby's booty, I don't care. I don't want you. God don't want you either. Don't shout me down because I'm preaching real good. Care about the call of God on your life? Now, once you've proved yourself faithful to obey God, and young people do this all the time. They come up to me and go, Pastor, I'd like to be the youth pastor. What's the pay? I go, nothing. I don't pay you nothing. Are you called? You want to, does God tell you to come here? Yeah, God told me. Well, that's nothing. I ain't going to pay you nothing. Come on. If they walk in, I go, well, that's probably God. Because if he called you, he'll take care of you. Boy, you know this whole new generation, they come in and ask me what to pay, what's the, you know, what's the health and plan and all that. Yeah, you lost your mind. I don't even want to talk to you, you dumb thing. I've had them do it too. Want to know if I buy my cell phone? I said, well, I ain't hired you yet. <laughs> you goofball. <laughs> Am I mean? Say no. No, listen. Listen. You're not going to start off where your mom and daddy are. I don't 
think so? You got to grow up. You got to get out there and pull weeds and, and mow grass and, yeah, just like the rest of us did. I started, with a, I started off with, a, with a, a lawnmower also, just like this. So you want some money? There's a lawnmower. Go make some. Well, am I going to get gas? Well, go collect Coke bottles someplace. Go mow a yard. I don't have any gas. Well, mow a yard and tell them you'll, you know, figure it out. Sell something. Sell your bicycle. Do something. My mom didn't give me nothing. I, I feel sorry. I feel sorry for kids today. I wouldn't trade my upbringing for, for listen, listen. I had a paper route after that, and I made, I had 38 people on my paper route. I had to roll papers and get on that bike and pedal around that neighborhood every day and then collect money and made about 10 or 12 bucks a month. Listen, listen, I, I feel sorry for kids. I bought, I only own, my, every, every fall, I bought one pair of Levi's. They cost five bucks. And they didn't have no Levi store. It was Belk Lindsay. Only place sold Levi's. They were so stiff they'd stand up in a shower by themselves. Y'all remember them? them yes. Put them pants on. You'd get wore out trying to walk around them suckers. Man, they just. I used to take mine and lay it in the shower and stomp on them. The blue would just run out of them old jeans. I'd wear one pair of jeans all winter. Summer, I cut them off. Wore them all summer. Well, by the next fall, I can't button them. I've changed. So I head down. I bought me $5 and bought me a new pair of jeans. My mama didn't buy me no clothes. Bought my own clothes. So when I was 18, I left home. I'd already been supporting myself for years. And, and I called my mom and said, oh, I'm married. And she goes, okay, have a good day. And I just left and never came back. And I'm not saying that was smart. And let me tell you something. I'd already got me a job at McDonald's and learned to make money. Let me tell you something. You want to learn business? Go to work. Get, go, go find, get a job and learn to, listen, if I was young, I'd, I'd, go, I'd, go, get a, I'd go to a coffee shop. And I'd learn how to make that stuff. And then I had to buy one, and then I'd buy two, and I'd buy three, I'd buy four. I just would, I just buy my own and run them. But you don't just get in there and learn how to do it. They'll teach you. They don't, then, then manage it. They'll teach you how to do it. Well, by after three years, they've, they've paid for your education. When I worked laying block, I was a, I was a laborer making mud. When I got finished doing that, I started laying block. Then I started getting the blueprints and mapping out the building, digging the footers and shooting it in with a, with a um, transit. I almost can't remember what all I did. <laughs> Tying all the steel in there, calling for inspections, getting everything run, laying up the stem wall, pouring the slab, getting all the plumbing on the inside of it. You know how I built my house? I learned it all at work. I built a, a $285,000 house. It cost me $60,000 to build it. That's pretty good return on your money. I didn't learn in a book. I went out and got a book, Ortho, How to Build a Playhouse. And I, I supersized it and built Lisa a house. That's what I did, honest to God. 
I was in a Home Depot, ortho book, playhouse. So if you ever go out to the house at Effie, it's just a big rectangle house with a 912 pitch roof. It's just a big doll house. She's my doll, and I just supersized it. <laughs> I had never driven a nail in my life. Now look at me in that tone of voice. Ain't no reason you to be a bum. Teach yourself. Get a, go to YouTube. Go to Google. Google it. How do you do this? I don't know how we got off on all that. My mama didn't buy me nothing. Didn't buy me nothing either. My sister used to have some skates. I took a hammer and made a skateboard. Of course, my mom beat me. But if you want a skateboard, you're going to have to get some skates and smash them down and put some nails in the bottom and bend it over the bottom. I ain't no money for no skate. We didn't have no swimming pool. I had a river. And we went skinny dipping. Too much information. <laughs> Ronnie Atherton was, mama came down one time. We were down at the river swimming. Ronnie! Oh, we got out of the river, boy. We're like, whose mama's here? Oh, my God. We're scambling out, grabbing clothes, hanging off in the bushes, man. We didn't know, we didn't know nobody's mama supposed to be down here at the river, you know? Ronnie, what's your mother coming down here for? My God, don't she know we're swimming? Because you didn't go home in wet clothes. Because you get a whipping. Y'all didn't read Huck Finn, did you? You just did not read the right books growing up. All right, go to, go to John 6. I want to show you this. Yeah, but I don't have the time, Pastor. I'm going to tell you right now, I just don't have that kind of time. You see, I work really hard, and I just don't have the time. How many of you have ever heard someone say, I'd do something for the Lord, but I don't tell you what, I just don't have any time. I want to show you something about time. Mary Franz said it the other night, and what I'm about to show you, it'll blow your mind. Because you're going to have to be a faith man to hear what I'm going to say. If when you do what he says, you'll have all the time you want. And when you don't do what he says, you will never have enough time to get the basic things of your day done. So when people come and say, Pastor, I'll tell you the truth about it. I, I don't know how in the world I could ever even do anything and help you out because I, I, I don't have any time. I'm going to show you something in the Bible. You all ready? God said, he'll, he said, seek first the kingdom and all things will be added. Right. Did you ever think that time could be added? Yes. Are you all ready? Because I'm going I'm I'm to drop a bomb on your head right now. If, if you can handle it. Verse 15. Therefore, when Jesus perceived they were about to come and take him by force and make him king... He departed again to the mountain by himself alone. And when evening came, his disciples went down to the sea. They got in the boat, and they went over the sea toward Capernaum. It was already dark, and Jesus had not come to them. Then the sea arose because a great wind was blowing. And when they had rowed about three or four miles, they saw Jesus walking on the sea and drawing near the boat, and they were afraid. What are they doing? They're in the middle of the sea, struggling. 
trying to get to the other side. There's nothing in here that says Jesus told him to go. Just think about it a little bit. We're going to read the rest of it. He said, it's I. Oh, okay, let me read the rest. Jesus walking on the sea, drew near, the, and they were afraid. And he said, it's I, don't be afraid. And they willingly received him in the boat. And immediately, say immediately, immediately. the boat was at the land. What happened? What happened to time? You know, I want you to get this picture. They left. Jesus is up on the mountain praying, and they took off alone. They're in the middle of a, of a sea, rowing and rowing and rowing and rowing. Well, just wearing themselves out all night long. Jesus comes out across the sea, and they're like, oh, my God, it's a ghost. And he says, no, it's me. He steps in the boat. What happened to the boat? Boom. It's at the other shore. What did he just do with time? He just bypassed it. I'm going to make a statement to you all, and this may mess your head up. You, you do not, it's hard for you to even imagine or understand that God can control and stretch time. Your brain can't do that. Your brain cannot handle what I just said. Philip went down to the city of Samaria and preached Christ to them. The people one accord gave heed to the things that Philip spoke, both he and seeing the miracles. And the Spirit of God caught him down to a desert. And he got into a chariot and he went to the guy. And, and, and he says, what, what forbids me to be baptized, baptize him. And it says, and the Holy Ghost caught him away. He was obeying God, but he needed to be someplace else. Gone. Now, the moment, you, now I said all that for this one reason. Put what he told you to do first. Quit putting it at the end of the day. Well, yeah, I got to get up in the morning. I got to go to work. And then I got to go do this. And then I got to go shopping. And then I got to go home. And I got to get ready. And oh, my God, it's 11 o'clock at night. And I hadn't even read my Bible and prayed. And I think, stop. Stop. You're going to bed with work undone, aren't you? You know you are. You're wore out. And you're going to wake up tomorrow morning. You're going to do it again. Let me suggest something to you. Why don't you wake up and go get in the living room, pull your Bible out, and spend some time with God? Oh, I don't have time to do it. Excuse me. Oh, yes, you do. I'm going to tell you what's going to happen. Same thing happened to the ones that you start tithing. You're going to get to the end of the day, and you're going to have time left over. You're going to go. You don't know how many times you've been driving across town, got in your car, and you said this. You've done it. I don't. I don't, I don't remember anything. I just got in my car. I must have been daydreaming. No, you weren't. You got in your car and got on a 441, and next thing you know, you're downtown. It happens more than you think it happens. You come home, you're cleaning the house, and you're working, and you've got things to do, and you've been down helping the ice cream truck, and you look up and you go, 11? I thought it was 3 o'clock. My God. I got the whole house clean. What's wrong with the clock? And you go, I got all kinds of time. How many of y'all have done that? We've all, you, we've all had these moments. You're like, what just happened? And because we think it's fixed, because in your brain, you can't imagine how would God do that. But he did it in the Bible all the time. 
Joshua, sun stood still. That means the earth was spinning. And it kept going around. He stretched one whole day out. Now, listen to me. When you decide, I'm going to obey God, he'll make sure he supplies everything you need. And you'll have time for the kids. You'll have time for hobbies. You'll have time for your family. You'll have all kind of time. Isn't that wild? You've got to walk by faith to believe this. Because if you believe that you can put 10% in and it stretches, you can believe Taylor will do it with time. And he does it all the time. I have all kind of time. And yet, you ought to see my daytimer. Lord, have mercy. I got to be in St. Augustine Monday morning. I got to be in Naples in the next week. Had Mary Fran all this week. I got a luncheon tomorrow. Got to get Mary Fran to the airport tomorrow. I got a lot of things to do. But I'm going to get up in the morning, go read the Bible, pray in the Holy Ghost, start my day. We'll just let God take care of the rest of this. And if something doesn't happen, I really don't care. Does that sound crazy? No, put him first. This is wild, isn't it? You'll never step into your destiny until you do spend time with the Holy Ghost. That's good preaching, isn't it? That's the key to life. He'll teach you everything, lead you, and guide you, and he'll, and he'll supply all of your needs. But you're going to have to put the Holy Ghost first. You're going, if you just do that, seek first the kingdom, everything else starts working supernatural. This is good preaching. And I'm out of time. Say, I think I'm going to spend some time with the Holy Ghost. Aren't you glad that, that you found out about this? Aren't you glad that? Yeah. Mary Fran and I were talking the other day and I said, Mary Fran, what do people do that don't know this? She goes, I don't know. I'm going to tell you something. I, I, I go through some tough stuff. I mean, I'm talking about tough. Boy, am I glad I got the Holy Ghost. What are people doing? I mean, there are times I sit in my chair and go, I'm going to pray in the Spirit. I don't know nothing. I don't even know what I'm doing. I'm just going to sit here and pray until I get this thing figured out. And I'm thinking, what's everybody else doing? I mean, I'm finding it tough with him. I hate to think about being without him. I'll tell you what, he's a cool guy, isn't he? Anyway, y'all ready to pray? Heavenly Father, thank you for this evening. What a great, what a great way to start the year. You have a destiny on every one of our lives, and we can, full, we can do it. There's not a devil in hell going to convince me I can't do what I'm called to do. But Father God, I personally want to put you first. I, I'm asking people in this room begin to put the things you're telling them to do first it may seem odd at first to start doing the word and prayer and putting all of that as number one in life not number two father god just watch it we just sit back and watch the miracles start we give you thanks for in jesus name hey i love every one of y'all god bless Thank you for listening to this powerful message by Pastor Daryl Morgan. We hope it blesses you. If you would like more info on Word of Life, sermons, and free downloads, 
please go to wordoflifeapopka.com. Thank you and have a blessed day.